Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You. I am your host, Susie Dean. It's Thursday and the pod comes out on Friday. And I know that with that information, you won't believe me when I say that I'm not a procrastinator. This is truly very unlike me. And my instinct when I say that is to say that it makes me feel really uncomfortable that I procrastinated this and that I waited this long to record. But if I'm being honest, it doesn't, which is very weird and unusual for me. There's been a change going on in me that started when I graduated from college and has continued again since I left teaching. I used to be very, very on top of things. I was always turning things in on time, completing things early. I was prioritizing work like appropriately. And I'm just not like that anymore. And while I would assume that a person like that is an unorganized hot mess, I think this is actually a blessing for someone like me. I think that this is me and my time of learning how to let go and trust and not put so much pressure on myself and more importantly, enjoy my days with significantly less anxiety. But adding this podcast to my list of things that I get to do has really shown me what a freaking full-time job being a mom is goodness. And I think we all know that. We all talk about that. But if I were just to eliminate, and I don't want to, but if I were to just eliminate breastfeeding and pumping and pumping and giving my milk to a friend, I would have so much more time for literally any of these things. And there's nothing wrong with this new type of busyness. It's just a time where I'm learning that I have to make adjustments, make a new routine, a new schedule to fit my new life. Honestly, I got into a pretty dope schedule when it was just me and Hawthorne and we had no other commitments for the first few months. But now I'm entering a season where I'm starting two part-time jobs, still staying home with Hawthorne, maintaining content on social media, recording this podcast, and it'll allow me to fall into another rhythm. And I am grateful because I'm easing into this all. I'm starting some shadowing small projects and observations for my HR job. I'm working one day a week for my dad to just remind myself of all of the different things that I do for him. So I have the space to learn how to adjust. I just have to make sure that I actually do it and make that new schedule that allows for time for me, time for Hawthorne, healthy things, you know, moving my body, taking care of my mental health and my space and my rest. But we all know saying things, planning things and executing things is a whole other challenge. But like, that's a topic for another podcast. So here we are second podcast. Thank you so much to anyone who messaged me, emailed me, listened along, texted me, followed the pod, all of it. It means a lot. It's incredibly daunting to launch something like this. There's, I, I have a lot of imposter syndrome around it, and it's a lot to commit to something like this. So your support as we get into this groove is incredibly comforting and encouraging. And I know and I expect that this podcast will continue to evolve and I'll have new ideas and plans and vibes as we continue. So... I was thinking this past week about what I love about podcasts and how I can relate that to my own podcast. 
the most important thing to me in all of the podcasts that I like religiously listen to isn't the content or the information or the guests or like the progression of how the episodes go. It's the podcast where I feel like I'm sitting next to the host, hanging out with a friend, where I feel like I know them. And when I leave the podcast feeling less alone. So it's really about the personality that comes out, the way that the hosts talk into the mic, anything that's like not scripted and just really comfortable. That's what I love. All of this is to say that my goal is to make you feel like you're sitting across the table from me drinking a cocktail and just chatting about things that we all experience. So I hope that if you do drink or if you're in the mood to drink that you saw my latest TikTok post with our cocktail recipe for tonight to sip together as we record, well, as I record and while you listen, I thought it would be fun to have a weekly podcast cocktail where I can highlight a creator that like teaches me how to make cocktails on the talk, show you how to make it on Thursday so you can prepare and drink it with me while you listen on Friday or whenever you guys listen. Today's cocktail is an Amaretti Cookie Martini by Join Jewels on TikTok. I will tag her in the show notes. And while it is delicious, I do want to warn you if you are drinking it with me, it is very dangerous. So I recommend only having one. I had quite the night the other night when I made it for the first time. It really snuck up on me because it's so delicious and it just tastes like dessert. But yikes, you guys, I was up until two, which is incredibly unusual for me. I usually go to bed at eight or nine with Hawthorne and I just got this like burst of productivity at night after like my first one or my second one and I cleaned and I decorated and I answered emails. Does that happen to anyone else? Like where you sometimes drink and just turn super productive. This isn't the first time this has happened to me and I can't pinpoint a certain type of alcohol with it, but there have been times when I'll have like two glasses of wine and I'm just like on my game. Like in college, I would have red wine and sit out on my patio and I would like knock out a five page paper. Or when I was working at school, I would grab some wine at home, of course, and like lesson plan for two weeks. Again, this doesn't always happen, but it's like a weird side effect that I experience. Please tell me if this sometimes happens to you too. It is a blessing and a curse. Switching gears, that's those are all of my updates. I just want to say that I have no advice. I have no answers. I just have stories and experiences to share and a yearning to feel less alone because frankly, this topic that I wanted to talk about makes me feel like a straight up failure. What I really want to talk about today is goals because I don't have any. (laughs) And I feel really guilty saying that, like I'm some kind of failure or I'm not doing things right or I'm not doing life right. And, you know, I guess I, like, I do have goals in the general sense, like, I want to raise a delightful child. I want to be a present mom. Uh, I want to live in such a way that supports my energy. I want to be happy. But if you were to ask me what my five or 10 year plan was, I would have no idea. I think that I can count on a single hand how many times someone has asked me what my five or 10 year plan was. And I can tell you that every single time I wanted to vomit. 
maybe have another child or two. Maybe I'll be working in a job that's fulfilling or maybe not working at all. I would like to be a good mom and a good wife, but like those are still all very nebulous goals and not really what I'm talking about when I talk about goals right now. I think when I talk about goals in this sense, I mean more like career goals or something that I work toward and chip away at and remind myself of every day. Those I do not have. And while I do feel kind of guilty for saying that I don't have goals, that's clearly a societal thing. That's coming. That guilt is coming from societal pressures. And I want to say I do think goals are good, of course, for some people at certain times of their lives. I know this is going to be a little bit controversial. I think that they provide purpose and success and value and personal growth. But personally, if I completely took society and societal pressures out of the equation, personally, I think it's beneficial for me to not have these kind of goals, at least for this point in my life. But hear me out. I know that sounds crazy. Let me defend myself. For most of my life, I was incredibly like tangibly goal oriented. Since I was a child and adolescent, I knew two things for sure. One, I wanted to attend the University of Florida. Two, I wanted to get my PhD in counseling psychology. And I had tunnel vision for years with these two goals, which, you know, I think for someone that doesn't have a lot of goals or like any goals, I am really good at achieving goals for the most part. I learned from my father, Hank Jr., shout out. If, if I want something with my whole body, I can really just block out all the noise and do it. If, regardless. So for a lot of my life, I had this tunnel vision with these two goals. I chipped away at them daily. These two goals ruled how I behaved in middle and high school the classes that I took, the amount of studying that I put in, the extracurriculars that I was involved in, and then later in college, the classes that I took, um, the jobs that I applied for, the places that I volunteered at. And yes, it, this was objectively really good. It taught me discipline. It gave me, honestly, great resume boosters. I had a lot of really fun and meaningful experiences that I still full, pull from today. I learned a lot about myself and what I do like and don't like and want and don't want. But looking back, I think it was also probably really detrimental for me. And perhaps my goals in in my experience bordered on obsession and maybe I just didn't have a healthy relationship with goals. I was joining clubs and putting in work for these extracurriculars that I did not care about. I was forcing myself to be involved in things that didn't bring me joy. I was studying to the point of sacrificing my relationship with my parents because I was always locked in my room and skipping dinner or eating alone. When I was in college, I pushed myself to stay in a job on a psychiatric unit, which I dreaded going to all for the purpose of achieving these two goals and making sure that I got there. In high school, I was like very high strung and highly responsible. That's not a bad thing. But I did not go to parties aside from like two. And one of them was at my friend Hannah's, love you girl. And I was pretty much the chaperone and cleaning up after people and kicking people out when her mom was coming home. 
I didn't drink except maybe once or twice. I never snuck out, all for my goals. Again, I don't regret any of this, but I wonder if maybe if I didn't have these clearly defined goals, if maybe my high school years could have been spent doing more teenagery things. I could have been more of a kid. I could have had more fun and had more of those experiences that are typical of and beneficial for a teenager instead of just spending those years really like behaving like an adult when I didn't have to yet. And then I didn't meet one of those goals, obviously. I don't have my PhD in counseling psychology. My goal of becoming that doctor got completely derailed. And I think this was such a blessing and the beginning of me losing my goals. So I started teaching and even though I graduated and started teaching, I still had the goal of getting my master's or my PhD in the coming years. But as I continued to teach, I fell more in love with it. And then that goal slowly started to unravel and slip away. And for the first time, like my first year of teaching, the end of that first year, I didn't have any long-term goals. I was really directionless and just you know, taking things day by day for the first time. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, if you listen to my last podcast episode about our jobs and our identity, I think my goals were my identity too. If any of you went to high school with me or knew me in middle school, I was like the girl that wanted to get into the University of Florida. Like it was, my identity was inextricably tied to these two goals. And Maybe that's why I have such a bad taste in my mouth for goals. Once these goals started to slip away, I think it was probably the beginning of me starting to figure out who I am and what I want for the first time. Like aside from these goals that I made my identity, I could like take away these layers labels that I had put on myself and figure out who Susie was and what Susie really wanted. I think that if I hadn't allowed myself to let go of those goals, I wouldn't have been able to fall in love with teaching and experience, honestly, some of the best years of my life. Of course, I've since left teaching. You can listen to my first podcast about all of that. But honestly, I did fall in love with that job. I found that it was possible to have a job that made you feel fulfilled and purposeful and that you could wake up excited to go to every day and that you could leave feeling energized. I made the most beautiful relationships. And while yes, I was stressed, I was stressed for most of my time as a teacher in a really good and productive way. Also in the same breath, I think being an educator doesn't really allow for goals in the traditional sense. Like if you're a teacher or you've been a teacher, I think and I hope that you understand what I mean by that. There wasn't that much room for promotion like there would be in a typical job. What was I going to do? Become an administrator, a principal, work for the district? I'm sure that's a goal for a lot of people, but with the teachers that I knew, it's just not their goal and it wasn't mine. Lots of teachers are teachers because they value the relationships that they can build and the fulfillment that they get from educating in the classroom. I didn't really have the opportunity to have career goals in that sense. Also, as a public educator, 
there's not much opportunity for pay raises based on skill or effort. I got small bonuses for being a highly effective teacher, but my pay raises were based on voting from people in my community. So that was pretty out of my control and unavailable for goals as well. Teaching really like killed the purpose of goals, at least for me. There wasn't any incentive for wanting to progress, really. No matter how much work I put in, how good I got at my job, I was still going to be a teacher in a classroom. What would the purpose have been for goals? You know what I mean? And then what happened? I left teaching. So in my life, up until this point, I went from having very big, concrete goals that I chipped away at daily to no goals, but an idea of what like I might be doing for the foreseeable future, maybe with a goal of just refining my craft and getting better at mastering content and teaching. And then I was in a space where I was utterly lost. And I'm putting air quotes around lost because I didn't feel lost, but I guess societally, that's what it would have looked like from the outside. I didn't have a job. I had since learned that I didn't want to go back to school to be a counselor. I obviously knew that I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't know what jobs I could or would apply for or what I would be interested in or what field I would even apply to. I had no idea what my life would look like three weeks ahead, much less having a five or 10 year plan. I mean, my goodness. But this is all my point. That's when the best stuff started happening for me. A position opened up at my dad's firm that allowed me the opportunity to have some income for our household after losing an entire salary. And it was a job where I live so I could feed or see my baby whenever I needed. Then another job fell into my lap with a company that has values that are so dear to me and a team that's very collaborative and fun and encouraging. And there's actually room for growth in this company. And I decided to start a podcast, which has been really like a really beautiful outlet for me so far. And I'm just curious if any of these things would have fallen into place for me if I had a goal that caused me to be so tunnel visioned as I was when I was younger. And this is why I think for now, it's good for me to not have goals. When I came into a place where I had no goals and I just bopped around, which was truly a blessing and a privilege, I don't take that for granted, there became space for me to allow what was meant for me to come to me organically. I wasn't pushing or sacrificing myself. I was just letting things come to me. And I know that sounds, at least for me, that sounds pretty hippy-dippy. That sounds like a lot of the hippy-dippy podcasts I listen to about manifestation, but If you're in that space, you know that once we stop pushing and start completely trusting and filling ourselves and our mind and our thoughts and our life with faith that it's all going to work out, that things are going to happen, things are going to come to me that are meant to come to me, everything that I need will eventually happen. The world's got my back. God's got my back. The universe has got my back. Whatever that means to you, we hear again and again 
that once we let go of that type of control, that's when everything starts to happen the way that it's meant to happen. And it happens easily. I think that being too tied to our goals leads us to miss some of the surprising blessings that may pop up along the way. Please tell me I'm not the only one that feels this way. Is it okay for me to feel this way? Do I have permission? It almost feels illegal to want to walk through life without goals. It Rather, it feels like I can't have success or happiness or personal growth without goals. But can we? Is this just a narrative that we've been fed from society to keep us sacrificing ourselves? Or... Or maybe, honestly, I've just had a really unhealthy relationship with goals in the past. I don't know. I'm not here to give you answers. I'm not here to give you advice. I just want to feel less alone in this. I want to feel validated in this. Those are my thoughts. And those are my experiences. And I hope that some of this will resonate with you. And I hope that if you feel this way too, you feel a little bit more okay about it. So for now, I don't have goals. At least, not the goals that I'm talking about in this context. Goals are good. Not having goals is also good. As long, I suppose, as it's not detrimental to you or your family or your loved ones and those around you. As radical as it feels, I am confident when I say that right now, I don't need goals. (laughs) The goals that I'm talking about in this context, right now, they would not serve me. And maybe that's what it is, point blank, or maybe that's because I need to relearn how to have a healthy relationship with goals. But what I can tell you for certain right now is I haven't felt this joyful trusting, excited for the future, healthy, clear-minded in years, probably since I was 21 or 22. And I'm serving my family. I'm working on my relationship with my husband. I'm working on being a good mom. I'm taking care of myself. I'm maintaining good relationships with my friends and my family. My life is not in shambles because I don't have goals. And so maybe that's okay. Maybe I can just find comfort and not guilt in this space that I'm in right now. (sighs) Thanks for listening to my ramblings. If any of this resonated with you, which I hope it did, please let me know. I really want to know what your opinion is on all of this, what your personal experiences might be. And I'm just personally really curious to see how all of this goes for me and how it evolves. Until we meet again, Miss Dean loves you. I hope that you have the best day ever. Same time next week.